Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 1, 2, 1, 2, yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Waking up with Energy 95.3. Waking every morning. When you wake up in the morning. Now here's Tucker and Mora. Welcome to the Take Two Podcast. You've made it. You have arrived. So this is where we look back at the week on the air. The week that was. So if you missed anything, you might get a chance to hear it in this podcast. And if it's something you heard before and you're like, I heard this already, then you just press that skip 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. skip 30 seconds, skip 30 seconds button. Or maybe it'll be even better the second time, (laughs) Tucker, right? Could be. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you know when the new one comes out. And uh, we'll do it every week. Thanks for listening. Would you be willing to take pictures of your number twos and send them to a team of people all in the name of science? I think this is pretty cool. They're actually building an app for people to track gastro issues. Their goal is to create the first known database of human poop images. Mm. And they've started a hashtag. Okay. It's give a shh for science. <laughs> they say, Tucker, uh, every yeah. day you flush away a gold mine of data. Your size, the shape, the color, the texture, the consistency, the frequency. I mean, these offer important insights. Not going to lie. I've definitely taken a picture before. You have? Yeah. Yeah, my buddies send me pics all the time. <laughs> I mean, we could have been making money off this. Wait. Yeah. It's a, it's a guy send thing. Yeah. Each other yeah. pictures? Yeah. yeah. Guys do that sometimes. Why? Good morning. Uh, you, you don't have any <laughs> girlfriends know? that'll text you a picture of something very impressive? Never. <laughs> and actually, I'm uh, literally jealous of you guys because I have nothing to compare it to. Like, I could be having crazy, yeah. unique. Number twos, I don't know. I'll tell you something. If it wasn't an HR violation, I'd consider sending it to you too, Mora, if you want. But I need you to fill out a letter of consent uh, that's like notarized. <laughs> so well, I don't lose what? my job. I'll start sending you a picture. I just I think that the app is really important. Mm. So what's going to happen is it's automatically going to classify different types of waste that people with chronic gut issues are having. They say, don't worry about set dressing. Don't worry about a perfectly (laughs) clean toilet. I'm going Uh, to put a pillow, a throw pillow right beside the toilet seat. (laughs) There's a candle lit on the back of the toilet. No, you don't have to worry about fancy things. They just basically want to get a big database going and artificial intelligence will be able to tell you when you're using these apps whether you're constipated or mm. or maybe should go see the doctor yeah you know i feel like going through this app its database like would make you sick just like looking oh. at picture after job after right picture, yeah yeah but you know what they use right now is they use play-doh they use blue play-doh and they kind of have it in different shapes and forms and then you can click on what most looks like yours and then you uh. know what you're dealing with you know i used to uh well my wife was in pharmaceutical uh, marketing before. Okay. And one of her drugs was for STIs. Okay. Genital warts. Yeah. And so she would end up with all these pictures on her phone. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And then they would end up on my computer because she'd do like the download (laughs) and then I'd be scrolling through that recently imported folder and all of a sudden I would come across some pretty interesting pictures. Yeah. And I just would think to myself, I hope everyone knows the backstory here of why this is on my computer right now. Research. It's all for research. Science. Marketing, etc. Pretty sure most of the people working in our building now think that I'm a high-maintenance diva. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Did I get uh, thrown under the bus, I would say, for something that was a legitimate concern I had. Right. Now everyone thinks I'm that guy. You're a bit high maintenance. Oh, don't make eye contact with Tucker. You're not allowed to, you know. I'll tell you what happened was um, 
every studio we have in our building, and there's a lot of them, they all have a bunch of headphones because uh-huh. we got to wear headphones when we do our job. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them don't work 100%. That's right. You find a pair that yeah. work and you like write your name on them. So in this case, these headphones belong to me. And I bring them in, and they have my name on it. It says Tucker right on the top. Yeah. Anyway, um, so last week, my headphones disappeared from the studio, my little hiding spot I have for them here. Uh-huh. And they ended up, uh, Bundes tracked them down in, like, the Global News side studio or something. Ooh. And so I just sent uh, a little note to the person who's responsible for all the people that run the studios, like uh-huh. they, all the operators and stuff. And I said, hey, can you just tell people not to grab my headset? Um, Especially because you hide them. I hide them, and, they, so, and they're mine, but they look exactly like all the company ones. Right. And so that's all I want is just to, or if you, if you did borrow them, put them back where I hid them. So you can find them. So I can find them. Mm-hmm. And then I, this all staff email goes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, the way it's written just makes me seem like such a D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must have loved reading this, Moron. <laughs> must have loved it. So I'll tell you how it starts here. I know that sometimes headsets can be difficult to come by when you need them for panel guests and client tapings. However, there is one set in the energy studio that should never be touched. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. This particular headset was removed from the energy studio and was found in the Global News Radio side studio. (laughs) It's incredibly unfair to a host when they can't find their own equipment, especially at the moment they're busy putting a show together for 5.30 (laughs) a.m. You sound like such a baby. I know. Also, this headset was hidden away quite cleverly, so somebody went out of their way to get them and then did not have the good conscience to return them. (laughs) And then this is the best part. Uh The headset in question looks like this. It's a picture of my head (laughs) wearing the headphones with my name on the headphones, so it's very clear as to who filed the complaint. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They are not a global news radio headset and should never leave the energy studio. It's so funny. I've had so many people from global coming up to me going, (laughs) are you okay? What's it like working with him? Must be tough, eh? (laughs) I'm kidding. There's one set that should never be touched and they belong to this guy. This D-bag. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Now you know. Now you know. Never send that email. You were mad in that moment too. Where are my headsets? I was just like, why would someone take them and not return them at least? Because they've got my name on them. And they were scrambled and they grabbed them and they forgot at the end. You know, we've all been there. So I just replied to all and I'm like, that Tucker guy sounds like a real D. (laughs) (laughs) How funny would it be if your dad had you convinced that North Korea had launched nuclear missiles and they were headed your way? How funny? What a great (laughs) joke, right? No, it's the worst when people go too far with practical jokes. Uh, so what happened was this dad had created a fake emergency alert message mm-hmm. that it was like a whole thing. I guess they had uh, like he was either recorded a show and put it in there or found a way to have it come on, on the while television? they were watching TV. Oh. Yeah. So you get the test of the emergency broadcast system. Sure. Well, he made a real emergency broadcast message. And um, and so the family was convinced the missiles were headed their way. The North American Aerospace Defense Command detected three ICBMs launched from North Korea. The first missile is expected to reach the Los Angeles, California area within two hours. The second missile is expected to reach Chicago, Illinois in three hours. The third missile is expected to reach New York City, New York in three and a half hours. Anyone within serious? a 400 mile radius of these cities is at risk for significant fallout. Shut up. <laughs> it just goes away? They'll have more information. Where, where do we go? Shelter. Pretty funny, eh? Oh. <laughs> Sounds terrible. My favorite part of this horrible joke is the dad kicking in then after, you know, he realizes the family's upset and scared by this. (laughs) You stupid stupid. Oh my gosh. Yeah, not cool. (laughs) Hey, we're all gonna die. That's not cool. Good one. Good one. Guys are the worst. Why do guys think this is funny? Earlier this year. 
I was filling up my car with gas at a gas station not far from where I live. Yeah. And uh, someone came up from behind me. Okay. And stuck their hand in my back and said, give me all your money. Really? Yeah. From my buddy Steve. <laughs> That's, that is kind of funny. <laughs> Oh man, like I nearly crapped myself for like half a second there. Steve. I was just like, oh my God, I'm getting robbed. Like it was, and then. Was your family well, in the car there? Yeah, my kids were in the car. Oh man. Yeah, and, uh, and it was just that both being scared because you just weren't expecting someone to be right behind you. Yes. And then throw in the give me your money. Yeah. It was just all of a sudden, boom. <gasps> what? <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we thought it'd be a fun conversation to talk about that time someone went way too far yes. with a joke they were trying to play on you. Leo, what's your story? Uh, well, we went to a cottage in Huntsville, and um, my boyfriend at the time and all of his friends thought it would be a great idea to rent a bear costume. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Did it take two of them to go in it? Like someone had to be the legs and someone had to be the paws at the front? No, it, it was just the one guy in it, but it was like 6 o'clock the next morning after a night of some pretty heavy drinking. Yeah. Oh, and it, oh, it was actually the worst thing in the world because they like they staged it all in the morning. They like made noises. They woke up. They're like, "What's happening downstairs?" And then his brother comes up. He's like, "It's a bear!" Uh, <laughs> like in the cottage. In the cottage, and they even left the night before. They went on like a little. Canoeing thing and came back and like oh did the park rangers mention anything about bears because they said there been some sightings nearby so I ended up jumping back into the closet screaming my head off like covering and cowering because like they actually came into the room while we were trying to hide behind the door. <laughs> That's a bit much. That's a bad yeah, match. It was, awful. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got you guys, Leah. Oh, the look on your face when you thought you were going to die. Hilarious. <laughs> they felt so bad afterwards, but I still haven't been able to get them back, and it's been about, like, nine years. <laughs> Leah, funny story, though. Thanks yeah. for telling it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. And this morning, it is the Celebrity Couple Power Play Game, Maura. Yeah! This is where we see which member of a celebrity couple has the most power. Brittany, are you there? I am. Okay, so thousands of people were asked to identify the more famous person in a celebrity couple. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through all the numbers, and I can now tell you who's more famous when it comes to these power players. Okay. So I'm going to introduce you to celebrities uh, who are dating, and you're going to have to decide who is the more famous one. Okay. If you get three out of five right, you're going to be walking away with a nice prize. Are you ready to go, Brittany? I am. All right. What's our first celebrity couple? In that corner, he was one of baseball's best, especially when he started taking steroids. He famously sent his ex-girlfriends a gift basket when he'd break up with them. Say hello to Alex Rodriguez! In the far corner, she is an icon known for her work on stage and film. She may be Jenny from the block, but most of her friends call her J-Lo! The one and only Jennifer Lopez! Okay, Brittany... Who is the bigger celeb? Is it definitely J Lo? Oh yeah, I was going J Lo too there. J Lo is correct. Yeah. Nice job. Up next, Mora. Mm-hmm. What do he we got? He is easily one of the two hotter Jonas brothers. He spent some time eating cake by the ocean before regrouping with the gang. <laughs> Weighing in at 167 pounds, it's Joe Jonas! Yeah! She is a star from one of the biggest TV shows of the last 10 years, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. 
Her character, Sansa Stark, made some very poor dating decisions, but in the end, she was ruling the North. She is Sophie Turner! Okay. Brittany, who's the bigger celebrity, Joe Jonas or Sophie Turner? Oh, that's one. Uh, I'm going to say Joe. Joe Jonas is correct. Yeah. You got it. Need a better sound for when yeah. she gets it right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Do you want to know the stats behind these two, Mora? Yeah, please. Okay, Joe Jonas by 70%. Yeah. And J-Lo 98% of the vote. Oh, that's got to <laughs> hurt the A-Rod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Brittany, one more right and you win. Okay. <laughs> this one's going to be a little harder. He is the pride of Ontario, playing sold-out shows in the world's largest stadiums. He became famous after posting some Vine videos. You know him as Sean Mendes. Oh, yeah. In the other corner, she was a member of Fifth Harmony, but she needed to break out of that strict regime and go solo. <laughs> And now, everybody knows her by her first name, Camila! That's right! Camille! Who is more famous? Okay, Brittany. For the uh, win, Sean Mendez or Camila Camille? I gotta go with our hometown pride of Sean Mendez. Sean Mendez is correct! Yay! Amazing. Brittany. Nice, nice work, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Someone's having a bit too much fun. I don't know what you're talking about, Mora. With the microphone, yeah. Hey. <laughs> this is so funny because we were just talking about how the name Karen is now synonymous with complaining to a manager. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this started, but it just did. <laughs> and so now... If you're going to go up and complain to the manager, people are under the impression there's a good chance your name is Karen. Yes. And that you have like a bob haircut. Wasn't that another one? Um, I want to introduce you to somebody they're calling Kids Bop Karen. Okay. It's a video that's gone viral. Guy who may be an Uber or Lyft driver Mm -hmm. almost hit a woman's children. And he uh, actually apologizes. But the issue is there's a woman in the back. Who's Lyft, you know, is, t- is the passenger. Okay. And she starts chirping <laughs> oh, no. the woman and kind of making faces and is filming her. And she's the one who posted the video. And uh, have a listen. She thinks it's cute that her driver almost hit my kids. And she thinks she needs to take a video of it instead of apologizing like a safe So stopping in the middle of the road is going to help? You being a b- is going to help? I didn't say anything. I don't know. Calm down. Calm down. It's okay. I'm sorry. He apologized. It's, it's, it's my fault. He apologized. Yeah, I know. It's and my you know what? It, that didn't upset me. But yeah. the I'm sorry. That told me to calm down. Okay, the good part comes up here. This is how she gets the name Kids Bob Karen. Okay. Because her car is right beside this car, uh-huh. and the windows are down, and okay. she's swearing, and the girl in the back is trying to remind her that her kids can hear. What I'd like you to do is apologize instead of being a bitch. You're calling me sorry, but you're calling me a bitch. Oh, set, sorry. An, set an example. I'm sorry. My kids can't hear me calling you a bitch. Your window's open. They can't hear me because they're listening to kids bop. and that's how she got the name kids bob karen so do you feel like this is the origin story for the whole karen thing no okay this this is is just just, this is somebody who's had this encounter with a woman Mm -hmm. who's filing a complaint verbally with her driver right and has decided to call her karen like this is an example of people applying the name karen to somebody who's not even named karen (laughs) Thank God I'm not named Karen right now. <laughs> I know. And if you're oh. named Karen, if you could call us and let us know how you feel about this yes. new trend. Because I, I don't think it's a positive uh, branding. I, I agree. Let's clear the air and get some cool Karens on the phone. And who's this? It's Karen. Oh, Karen. Oh, here we go. What are you calling to complain? <laughs> oh, I have been hating this for months. We don't even know how this started, but it just turned into a thing where it's like Karen with the bob haircut is going to talk to the manager. I know, and it's ter- and I have three kids. 
So do you ask to talk to the manager quite frequently? No, I never. I'm never that person. Wow, this is a terrible stereotype. Yeah, and I wanted to cut my hair, but now I can't even cut my hair. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, you can't. Can you tell me the first time you became aware of the fact that people have hijacked your name? Um, I I had one of my friends sent me one of the memes on Facebook. They said, do Karens actually be born, or do they just show up at a restaurant with three kids asking to speak to the manager? Oh, no. (laughs) And it was like, that was you to a T, except for the complaining part. Yes, I never complain. Even my son, he's like, my mom does not fit this meme. She never behaves this way. Do you know any other Karens out there who perfectly fit this meme, though? No, but I think they should be called Amanda's. Amanda, you want to shift it over to Amanda? (laughs) Let me think about this for a second. If I can imagine Amanda going up to speak to the manager. I know an Amanda that almost every time we went to a restaurant, she asked to speak to the manager. So in your world, it's Amanda. It's coming from actual personal experience in your case. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Karen, you should band together with all of the other nice Karens and like... Do a big post, shoot a video, and be like, we're nice people. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. You yeah, sound it's lovely. Now. Like, they get worse and worse every time I look on the yeah. internet. I'm like, no, I it's, this is, the momentum is building. We, we are not done with this yet. <laughs> I think there's a really good chance there will be no Karens born in the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, the name's done now. There is a stigma. We need to end the stigma yeah. around Karens. Yes. <laughs> I had to call in. I've been waiting for my chance to complain about this. Yes. Now, now I fit the stigma because now I'm complaining. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You've done nothing to improve the situation oh, now. It's a vicious circle, Karen. <laughs> I know. It just hit me now. I'm like, no. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Have a good morning. You too. She sounded lovely, guys. She did. A little Was... different than kids bop, Karen, right? <laughs> yeah. My kids can't hear me calling you a your window's open. They can't hear me because they're listening to Kids Bop. <laughs> <laughs> That's Karen for sure. Men are taking a new drastic step in the name of grooming. Once you go there, there's no going back. You can't change your mind. Okay? All right. What are we talking about here? More than tattoos? Well, I guess tattoos can be reversed. Men are permanently... Grooming the hedge, Tucker. Ah, I see what you're saying. There are more and more men who are booking laser hair removal, particularly men between the ages of 24 and 45. See, once you go there, there's no point in going back. I mean, I mean, in terms of like grooming, once you've experienced that, I don't know why anyone would be like, ah, you know what? I want to go back to the way it was. Because what do I always say? I uh, I know what you always say. <laughs> I, I don't. Please enlighten me. No, Bush she is back. Is back. Yeah, okay. Maura, Maura's, that's the, the hippie and Mora. Oh. No, I think once I once I went down that road, I was like, I never need to backtrack. Really? There's never going to be a point where I'm not going to want to do that unless I'm old and I'm just making too many mistakes. So why don't you get laser done? Because you're not You want to know why? Because yeah, I'm too afraid. You're I, a baby. Yeah. I would need like a full anesthetic. They need to put me under oh, and then just wake on. up with it done. But I, I'm sure you have to go multiple times. Yes, you do. Here, let me break it down for you. Oh, so God. 40% of the client base is now men at laser hair removal salons, okay? They want to get the bikini line done. They want the low-hanging fruit done. They want the back door taken care of. (laughs) Get the whole trifecta? We're talking about the manzillion, Tucker. Now, uh, back door, are you talking like their actual back? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you need me to get get into details here? Oh! Come on. Okay, I wasn't sure which uh, door you're pointing to. They recommend six sessions to get one zone completely clear. And the cost is $350 per session. So $350 times six is... Oh, uh, you want me to do the math there? <laughs> Mor- 
It's, to me, it's not even the cost. It's the mental anguish of having to go back the second time after you've been there once and yes. know exactly what you're in for. I've had laser hair removal done a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. It is painful. Yeah. It yeah. is painful. I'll take my chances with the wall clippers. Yeah. I can't imagine having Star Wars down under with that many different lasers going on over and over again. Oh, Star Wars. (laughs) Christy actually works at one of these clinics, and uh, we have her on the phone. Christy. Hi. What's going on? What do you, is this uh, all seem uh, like it makes sense to you, what Maura was saying? Uh, Well, it it does. There are more men that come into the salon now, but I don't think as much as we would like. I think men are still kind of skeptical about it. They don't know much about it and yeah. don't like manscaping. Well, when Maura brought this up, I am, I'm a big fan of the uh, manscaping. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the process, the actual act of it. It's always kind of scary. Like, I would say I have an incident that involves, uh, you know... <laughs> Clippers? Clippers. That uh, is not a positive experience. I'd say one set of every three or four, you know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm well, drawing maybe blood. maybe you should see a professional. But with that said, the idea of using lasers and having to go back, and I've heard it's very painful. And so, I, I don't know. It scares me. So, our machine is actually 100% pain-free. All you feel is a little warmth, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like if you would put a flashlight on you and feel like the warmth of it. If you hold it there too long, that's it. There's no pain. I mean, I've I've, <laughs> I've been asked to cough before where it's been uncomfortable. Oh, I see. And I'm guessing that was a lot quicker than what this would take. Like, what I mean, to cover the average man area Zone? zones, what kind of time are you talking about here? Uh, it really depends. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's say average average guy, average guy. About 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Yeah, that's a long time to be lying there exposed like that. And then how many times do you have to go before you, it's a job well done? So they do, like Maura said, they do recommend between six to eight sessions, six to ten. We, we say about six to eight for sure. Okay. Mm. It depends on how dark your skin is, how dark your hair is, how much hair you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it wow. really varies, but we... Yeah, we say minimum six. And uh, the pain out of (laughs) ten, let's just say, uh, in the most sensitive of areas, what would you say it is out of ten? I think if you had the most sensitive area, and I've had laser in my body, in the most sensitive area, I hit about a four in pain, and it was my toe. Your toe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, that's I did funny. not see that coming. I did not see that coming either. <laughs> and it's because the bone, right? Wherever you don't have, everywhere else, you know, you have the skin, you have the, the fat, you have the hair, and you're not really hitting anything mm-hmm. too bad. Those toes must look so good now, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> How beautiful are your toes? Look like a four-year-old's foot right there. There's no hair. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Bundes, are you convinced when you hear this not as a guy? No, no too is afraid still. Eh? The, the idea of like heat penetrating through. Yeah, it's just it, you're worried about the beam going yeah, too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. If we can convince Bundes to go first, and then he can report back <laughs> after the <laughs> six to eight sessions. Session. Your first session free. Oh, now oh, you can't boy. say no now. Oh, I can. <laughs> we can't say no. <laughs> can we do it live on the show? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you said we, we could get someone on the phone and they're listening in. Wow. Okay, well, look, thanks for the insight on this. What's You're the welcome. name of your spa, by the way? It's called Tatiana's Med Spa, and we're located in Hamilton on Uncle James. Okay. Thank you. Well, thanks for the insight on this. That's great information. Still not sure I'm convinced on it. <laughs> you I'll can take... have your first session for free, too. Oh. Oh. So we'll do it together. Oh, we'll go God. together. We'll hold hands. Yes. Yes. <laughs> A salon in London is offering the world's first silent haircut, where small talk is actually banned. The only exchange you're going to have when you go into this salon is to talk about how you want your hair to look. And then the owner says she doesn't want her clients to feel obligated to keep chatting away all afternoon. When you book your appointment, you just say the word silent, and then you will be signed up for the silent haircut where you don't have to talk. But I feel like salons are one of the places I actually like chit-chatting. There are some places where I would love for the chit-chat to be completely banned, massage therapy being the number one. Oh, my God. I 
never, ever want to have small talk. Am I right? The worst is, though, when you engage in a, with a quick question. Yes. When you do that, you've opened the door. It's like you've opened Pandora's box, and now you've, you're stuck talking the whole time. And then it's like you have to slowly just regress back into being mute. Yes. But that can take 15, 20 minutes. I know. And, and I then get half it. your massage is over, right? They're probably bored out of their mind. You know, they're doing probably six hours of massage therapy a day. Yeah, alone in a room. Alone in a room. And yeah. they want it to go quicker. And the best way for that to go quicker is to get a good chat going. <laughs> but when I'm there for only an hour of the sex, I want it to be quiet. Yeah, I know. What's going on, Emily? One place that there should be a silent rule is the dentist. Oh, yes. you are so right. Emily, yes. That is the number one place. And they expect you to talk with your with their hands in your mouth. I don't know why they expect you to talk, but they do. No, every time. Yes. I mean, I would talk to a cab or Uber driver. Uh, a surgeon. I would talk to I a guy. I would talk to a surgeon, you're right. operating <laughs> on my leg. I did. I remember having my hernia surgery and having a conversation with the doctors. It was mostly about, should I be feeling this much uh, you know, pressure and stuff? And they said, ah, we're going to give you a little more juice. <laughs> but, it, you know, when a, when a hygienist or a dentist have their hands in your mouth. And they're asking you, not yeah. about your mouth, they're asking about war or something ridiculous every time or it's like is this tv channel okay while i have my hands in your mouth like shut up (laughs) even if they can understand you which they may have the ability through all those years of having discussions with people who have hands in their mouth i don't want to try and talk Mm -hmm. because it just feels (laughs) impossible yes yeah, and you feel like you're stupid because you're trying to talk and you can't understand what you're saying. You no. Know, yeah. I wonder if there's some sort of technical reason they do it because they want to see the way the tongue moves, you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why. Why no. else do they do it? Because they're trying to have their day move a little faster like everybody else in the world. Yeah, but like talk to each other, dentist and hygienist. I don't need to be involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you just found the biggest job industry where it needs to be silent. Thank you for nailing it this morning. You're welcome. Emily. You're on fire, Emily. Today's your day. <laughs> oh, man. I try. It's your day, Emily. <laughs> it's your special day. Good for you. This day is dedicated to Emily, everybody. You got the touch. You got the touch, Emily. You got the power. You got the power. Oh, yeah! Uh, Emily, thank you. Hey, no problem. Criminals are now hacking into people's smart homes using a laser they point at your Google Home or Amazon Echo smart speakers. So what do they do? Uh, They're able to shine a special laser through your window and point it at your Google Home or your Amazon Echo. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to access things that your device is attached to. Could be buying stuff through Amazon. Uh Uh-oh. This is an expert who's talking about what hackers are able to do. By shining a laser light through the window at the microphone, the attacker can control smart home switches, make online purchases, open smart garage doors, remotely unlock and start certain vehicles, or open smart locks by brute forcing the user's PIN number. (laughs) You know, that's why I like the old school tactics where you got the piece of wood that you put on the sliding door and you try to slide it open, but there's a perfectly cut piece of wood there. You're not getting in. And then your front door, you have to put one of those old-fashioned devices called a key in and actually slide it in and Mm. turn it one way so the lock disengages and then you can then open the door. Yeah. You know what a smart home is for me? It's taking a chair, putting it underneath the door handle, (laughs) wedging it right in there, and you're not coming in. There's no laser beam that's going to break that chair down, right? Right? Sorry. Mora. That is a smart home. That's a real smart home. Thank you, Tucker. I have a friend who now puts their car key in a special tinfoil-like device. I guess some criminals have found a way to essentially clone your remote car key. So if you have a push-button start in your car, 
And all you need to do is be in proximity uh-huh. that people are able to clone your key by going up close to your front door. Everybody leaves their keys by the door. Yeah. They clone it. Then they walk to your car. The door's open. You push the button. You drive off. You know what the problem is there? Yeah. What's that? Car's too nice. Yeah. You got to get an old jalopy. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's taking that car. Nobody cares. Now that is a smart car, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tucker. Anyway, you've been warned. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hit the Nile on the Head. As, if the whole world was watching, As we gear up for Nile Horan and uh, his show at Scotiabank Arena, May 6th. Here are the rules of the game. I'm going to play you three clips of a song. And you're going to have to identify which one features Nile. Mm-hmm. Two of the other clips are going to feature other members of One Direction. you got to hit the Nile on the head, Mary Lou. We have three songs we're going to feature. Whoever gets the last one right is going to win. So if you get uh, anything wrong along the way, we're moving on to somebody else, okay. Mary Lou. Okay. Clip number one from the song Story of My Life. I know that in the morning now, see a single light upon the Clip number two from Story of My Life. And I'll be gone, gone tonight. my feet is bright. Okay, clip number three from Story of My Life. The story of my life. I take her home. I drive all night to keep her warm and time. Okay, so... Oh, Mary Lou, can you hit the Nile on the head? Number three. You're going three. You are right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're in this. Was was that a guess or did you know? That's a guess, but I do kind of know his voice. Okay. Okay. We move on to the song. They were similar. Perfect. And clip number one. And if you like cameras flashing every time we go out. Oh, yeah. Clip number two from the song Perfect is this one here. I might never be the hand you put your heart in. On the arms that hold you anytime you want. And clip number three from Perfect is right here. And I might never be the one who brings you flowers. But I can't be the one, be the one tonight. Okay. Mary Lou, hit the Nile on the head One, here. two, or three? Two. You're two. two. She's right again. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's so funny because I was like, for sure not to. <laughs> really? Oh, no. don't, don't ask me my opinion. Okay. Okay. Our next song. And if you get this right, you are beating the box office for Nile Horn. If not, we're going to have Sam is going to have a chance to steal it. And I'll feel terrible if that's the case. But here we go. <laughs> Clip number one from Best Song Ever. Dad and name was George Rose. Oh. And a daddy was a daddy. Okay, clip number two from Best Song Ever. Different guy. Sounds the same, right? And clip number three. Oh, man. Hit the nile on the head for the win. Mary Lou. Three for the win, and she is right. Mary Lou! You are, 
that game. Thank you. I like that you came into it and you're like, yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot. No, I'm forced to listen to it 24-7. Aww. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. It's paid off, Mary Lou. Yes. You yes. are going to go see Niall Horan. What's the worst Wednesday? Where we examine life's minor inconveniences that at the time feel like they are the worst. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tina, what is the worst? The worst is when you sit in a corporate office where you can hear a penny drop. It's so quiet. And your coworker starts crunching on carrot sticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh. <laughs> well, I hope you can feel my pain. Yeah, for sure. It's the worst. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day, you guys. You too. We just got a text. Uh, getting the wrong coffee and then being stuck in traffic for an hour having to drink that awful mm. coffee is the worst. Or asking for tea and getting a coffee by oh, mistake yes. can suck for that. Sabrina, what is the worst? Worst for me is when you're rushing around, you've got to get to a meeting, and your mom happens to call, you can't get her off the phone, you're running around looking for your cell phone, you have no idea where you put it, and then you realize you've been holding on to it, talking to your mom the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even realize you're on oh. the phone. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Sometimes life is just too busy to keep track of things you're holding on to, right? <laughs> exactly. We got a text. The worst is when your sex life goes from 100 to zero after you have a baby because you have no time and the baby's always around. Uh, or how about this? When your kids get so old that they're up later than you are now, <laughs> which is the world I'm starting to live in because my oldest is 13 and I like to go to bed early. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, Jody, what's the worst? I- the worst is when I'm driving from Simcoe, Ontario to Hamilton to go to school behind a dump truck. <laughs> yeah, the worst. And you're just stuck it there. The worst. And the worst. I have to agree with the other comment about having a baby and your sex drive just going. Yeah, mm. I know. Been there. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> or when you're in school and you're just so tired and you're like, hey, baby. And then you're like. No, baby. Wow. It's the worst. Your whole life yeah. sounds like it's the worst right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, no, we've been there. But I got to say that you guys make it a lot better for my hour drive to school. Oh, Well, that's kind of the best. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. I'd love to believe that my kids will never come into contact with drugs and or alcohol through their teenage years, but I'm also, you know, not so ignorant. You're a realist. I'm a realist. I know it's going to happen, and I want my kids to have all the tools they need in order to navigate their way through those situations. Right. And so I've started to have the the conversation with my 13-year-old, who's in grade 8, about, you know, the effects of alcohol and the effects of drugs and Mm -hmm. things that they should keep in mind if they're going to be exposed to it through their friends or at a party where all of a sudden there's no parents around. Right. Or a party where there are parents around that don't care. Yeah. I always had one of those families growing up. It let us do anything. Really? And it boivin, man, we smoking butts in our basement, grade eight, probably drinking in grade nine. butts? (laughs) That's insane. I know. But it was just, they were like one of those parents who believed that they'd rather have everything happen in uh, their control rather than it happen in a park or forest right. or something like gotcha, that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, people have been giving me some feedback as to how I should handle the situation. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty good one from the 289. Tucker, you forgot the most important thing to tell your daughter that if she's in a spot where she's uncomfortable to make sure that she calls you, no questions asked. Anytime. Yeah, we've already had that conversation. Yeah. About um, if she just feels like she needs to be like extricated from the situation. Call. And actually, we just started developing. We haven't uh, we haven't figured out the word yet. We need to do that soon. But a key word yes. that if it's incorporated into a text, we know she needs to be out of that situation. Wow. Right now, the working word that we're going to use is she has to incorporate chemise terrible in a text <laughs> to us. How does this thing come up everywhere and anywhere? <laughs> And if she incorporates Chemise Terrible 
in a text will know she needs to be removed yes. from the situation and she's too like afraid to you know actually yeah. write that to us right okay gotcha yeah. or just the keyword bundus <laughs> Uh, that means get me out of here now yeah yeah. george i think had a suggestion what is it george Uh, (laughs) i know it seems like you want to keep them away from drinking and say like too much drinking is bad but like if they end up going out and drinking and only have a couple and have a great time then they're never going to believe anything you say so what you got to do is get them just absolutely destroyed their first time out and then they got to have an embarrassing thing happen to them, like uh, throwing up on the street or something. And then it's like, hey, if you want to drink, just remember what happens when you drink. And they will, like, never drink again. <laughs> so you have to allow it to happen once, but it has to be a nightmare for them. That first time. That way it's like, <laughs> hey, I told you what happened. Like, let me put it this way. My 19th birthday, I went out with all my friends and, uh, like, half of my senior class showed up. And I just got annihilated. And, like, I didn't drink again until I was, like, 25. Really? (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to take your uh, strategy, but it is an interesting one. (laughs) Have another, Emma. You haven't had enough. You feeling good? You want to party? Here you go. Yeah. (laughs) Funnel! Oh, yeah. yeah. This is called a yard glass. Yeah, and that's why it's like, oh, yeah, all the times you see them partying in the movies, this is what happened. I cannot wait to hold Tucker's uh, daughter's legs up while she's doing her first keg stand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'll be at your bar when she's 28. (laughs) By the way, do you have kids yet? Uh, No, I don't. Okay, I figured. Okay, sounded like the advice of a guy who doesn't have kids. I just know what happened to me when I was when I was younger. I knew the best way to make sure it didn't happen again. Hey, thanks a lot, man. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Are you ready for a brand new term yes. that people are losing their marbles over? <laughs> Bring it. The term is to describe someone who's very happy to be single. Okay. Self-partnered. Now, who coined this? Hermione. From uh, Harry Potter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson was talking about how she is actually very happy to be alone. I never believed the whole I'm happy single mm. spiel. Mm. I was like, this is spiel. Yeah. It took me a long time, but I'm very happy. I call it being self-partnered. Made me think that our very own Bundus is self-partnered right now. Yeah. How do you like that term to describe yourself? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Why? I think it's beautiful. I think you sound like a pathetic loser. Oh! I'm single. I don't need to justify the fact that I'm single by calling myself self-partnered. I'm happy just on my own. I go and I do my own thing. Yeah. If you, if you spend the time to sit there and think about a term to justify your existence in this reality and yeah. why you can't find somebody, or uh. why you don't want to find somebody <laughs> uh. and you come up with the term self-partner that means you're a loser you can't find anybody therefore you had to justify it by coming wow. up with the term Mora, would I be wrong in saying that somebody sounds a little defensive yeah 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 you know I think it's a bit different for men and women though you know she just turned 30 there's some pressure there yeah. oh the biological clock starts Ooh, ticking why are you alone what's yeah. wrong with you yeah I feel like with guys it's okay and with women it's some <laughs> Sometimes the question comes up more. Why are you single? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Why are you not good enough for somebody? So she's just saying she is happy alone. It (laughs) indicates that it's a conscious choice, Bundus. Like my mom is self-partnered. My mom is self-partnered. My God, maybe they should move in together. (laughs) We can turn it into a sitcom. Bundus, do you want to move in with Tucker and my mom? <laughs> you can all be self-harder together. Could you imagine that show? My mom, your mom, and Bundus all living together. Joy, Colleen, <laughs> and, and Bundus. That would be a good sitcom. <laughs> They'd be oh. like, oh, Bundus, what are you up to today? I can already hear the theme music, Maura. Oh, you can? <laughs> there they are. Yeah. yeah. Bundus is like, anyone want pizza tonight? <laughs> anyone seen my Ben Gay? <laughs> Bundus, did you take it again? <laughs> was that Ben Gay? I thought it was toothpaste. <laughs> Freeze frame. <laughs> That's a show I watch. Oh, yeah. You could call it 
Self-partnered. That's the name That's of the show. That's the name of the show. Yeah. It's brilliant. Self-partnered. But, Mora, things get a little interesting when Bundus realizes he's falling in love with your mom. And how are they going to handle the awkwardness with my mom, Joy, still living there? Oh, no. Now they have to secretly go behind Joy's back in order to follow through on the relationship. Bundus, it turns out, has been looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh, okay. That most women are just too immature for him. <laughs> and that when he spends some time with an with older woman, yeah. he realizes that he has found his true his, his match. partner. Chantal says, I need this show. <laughs> Thank I don't want to see this show play on myself now. Uh, what a good twist. Yeah. It's like a mix of Golden Girls meets Friends. Yes! Hey, Pat, what's going on? I got another episode for your show for you. So, Fungus, there is that his name? Bundus. Bundus, yeah. Bundus. It's like Fungus, but not quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, him, him and uh, her mother carry on a relationship for a while. So one day, he climbs in the shower with the wrong mother. That's how he gets exposed. Oh, oh, no. That's how Joy finds out about the love affair between your mom, Mora, and Bundus. Oh, no. Yeah. Yikes. Sometimes it's hard to tell with those shower caps on, you know? You guys are awesome. Made my day. Have a good one. Oh, Thanks, Pat. You too. I feel like I am now in the next level of gym people because I've been going frequently now. Are you, uh, is this a story that involves the massage chair? No. Because that's my favorite gym story you have. <laughs> that's, that's my old gym. This gym doesn't have massage oh. chairs. That was... Did you hear ever hear that story, oh. Bundes? Uh, I'm curious about what a massage chair in a gym is. <laughs> oh. it, okay, this story involves Mora, a massage chair, and her not realizing someone else was around. Well, I didn't realize there was a person in the massage chair next to me. There was, There's two of them, but I just kind of closed my eyes and let myself go. They're, they're so good. They're so you good. You might want to elaborate, because that sounds like you mean oh. something that you don't yeah. necessarily well, yeah, mean. Yeah, you know, it felt really good. I closed my eyes, and just after a nice workout, I let the chair do its work. And, you know, I just relaxed and... <laughs> Yes, kind of like that. The ambiguity of the way you're explaining it, I'm getting like a Meg Ryan kind of like. Oh, like no, but I sounded like that. I was kind of just like, oh, you know, because it was really working (laughs) on my areas. Okay. But no, there's nothing sexual, but okay. I I really kind of just was enjoying the moment, and then I opened my eyes and realized there was somebody in the massage chair next to me. <laughs> was he like dead staring at you? <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, there's Whoops. someone there. But yeah. no, that's not why I bring this up. I feel like I am now in the next level of gym people because a guy, when I was do- on a machine, came over and asked if he could work in between my reps. Between your reps, or, huh? Like my sets. <laughs> He's like, oh, do you mind if I jump on there? And I was like, not at all. I yeah. guess I look like somebody that is a professional now. No. no. I think it's some guy trying to pick you up. No. 100%. No, 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 That's no. the move at the gym. Yeah. That's the move at That's the gym? I'll move. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was the machine you were using? Uh, it was, uh, I don't know. It's one that there's a bar in the air and you Lad pull, pull down. Pull down yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. classic pickup classic. move right there. Uh, on the lad? Guys pull- always look good in the lad pull down. You know, you got your, all your back muscles oh, there. Yeah. You're straddling that little. Yeah, you're straddling a, a bench and you're pulling yeah. it down. And you're arching your back and you got your butt out and your shoulders. Yeah, that's the guy move to really? like try and impress you. Yeah. He could have done. Like an assortment of different workouts in the meantime until you finished your three sets or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, I wasn't mm. going to be sitting there for long. I found it kind of weird. Like, can't you wait? <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he just could. wanted he just wanted an excuse to kind of introduce himself to say hi to you to really? start that rapport. Yeah, I really I miss that because I when he wanted to work in, I'm like, sure, I'll just I'm not going to stand here and like oh, watch. Trust you. me, another six weeks you're going to be meeting up with him at the Have a Nap Motel in Scarborough <laughs> <laughs> for a two hour nap. Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. No, no. This guy's like a professional gym goer. He's super yeah. ripped. He probably <laughs> did need to work in in that window. Oh, yeah. Keeps exactly. the heart rate up, right? Yeah. No? Could have done something different. <laughs> something else for the lads? Yeah. He was getting in there. He was getting the lines of communication open and really? the lines of visual communication open so you could check out I'm, how ripped he is. I'm quite flattered. Yeah. I mean, because that must mean that I don't look half bad when I'm on the lat pull down. That's right. You know? Arched back, butt out, <laughs> shoulder muscles. Looks pretty good. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah. So really? If yeah. you want to pick up a guy, what you do is you find a guy working out on one of those machines and you say, hey, do you mind if I work in on my sets? And oh. then you get there and then you're holding onto the handles and you're... Yeah. Here's the other perfect. thing that happened. He like I didn't have time to wipe the machine down before he sat down. Oh, you wanted to get up in your sweat. He wanted to get up in my sweat, guys. <laughs> wow. I was like, what? Was that a mistake on my part, Bundus? Should I have run and got like the little wipey thing? Not in between sets. No, he wants to work in on your set, so he can deal with that. Oh. Sorry, I didn't have a chance to uh, wipe down the machine. But uh, you know, if you want to get on there. And do your thing. Go right ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll just squeeze my way in here. Hey, do you mind spotting me? <laughs> you know what else he did for me? Oh, you're so nice. I must be really, you know, working out well for you to want to mix in with me. <laughs> nope, that's not what it is. I want to meet you at the Have a Nap Motel. Oh. Even returned my weight to the, like the pro- what I had said it that's at. That's the that's, that's a polite thing yeah, to that's do. Courtesy. Oh, you're gonna, so that was you're not gonna a butt in like thing? that? No, yeah, maybe he wasn't flirting with you after all. <laughs> I cannot imagine how hard it would be to be a child, be pulled away from your family, and never see them again. And that is exactly what happened to Rose, who somehow managed to escape death during the Holocaust. Her story, along with two others, are told in a new documentary called Cheating Hitler, Surviving the Holocaust, which will air this Monday night at 9 p.m. on History. Now, as part of the documentary, a team of experts try and provide answers to questions that these survivors have had for their entire adult life. Rose, thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thank you for having me. It can't be easy to go back to that time in your life. No, it wasn't. They took me to Poland and walked the road that I last saw my father and my mother. It was a very emotional moment. Yeah. Early in my radio career, I had a chance to um, go to a veterans hospital and interview some men who had fought in World War II. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a really neat experience. I'm going to hear these amazing stories of what happened. And what I quickly realized is the moment these men went back there in their head, it was like it happened yesterday for them. It was my first real experience in seeing how, you know, the trauma in some in that time would have been like 65 years earlier, how quickly it came back. It lives with me all the time. It's been with me all my life. Was that moment in Poland the last time you saw your parents, Rose? Yes. When they separated us in a small town of Bilzice, they took my father away. I don't think I ever even said goodbye to him. They just separated men and women, and he was taken with a truck. And then they took us on the road toward the train station my mother and my two brothers. And then my mother decided, I mean, she looked me straight in the face and said she was sure they'd taken her to her death. She had the wisdom and the strength that till today I cannot even understand. She forced me off the road. Somehow she still believed in the human race. She says, I'm going to find somebody that's going to help me. At 13, I ran about 15 kilometers to a farmer's house by the name of Stanislav Jabloński. And they gave me a new identity. So I became a Polish girl, a Christian girl. And I went to Germany with my mother's youngest sister. She took me as her sister to work in a German camp. That's how I survived the war, as a Polish laborer. I mean, thank God for these people. Because they were risking their own lives. Actually, I recently met two of his granddaughters. Oh, wow. But that man that gave me that identity always wrote to me during the war like a father, and that saved me because I was with Polish people with curly hair 
and Polish girls do not have curly hair. <laughs> it was like a real problem. This morning we're speaking with uh, Rose, and she is a Holocaust survivor, and her story and others will be featured in Cheating Hitler, Surviving the Holocaust, and that is Remembrance Day at 9 p.m. I've been to um, Anne Frank's house. I spent some time at Dachau, the prison camp outside of Munich, Germany. And the one thing that was so I found really strange was just how beautiful everything is. And the, and the thought that how could something like this happen in such a beautiful, civilized place? It wasn't that long ago. Let me tell you, it's the question that everybody asked. How is it possible that the human race can go that low? Rip children from their mother's arms and gas them. Children that never had done anything to anybody. Even my parents. My father was such a gentle soul. My mother's such a good human being. Why? That's my question that I will ask all my life. I know for you in particular, Rose, you wanted to retrace the final steps of your mother uh, after she saved your life. I don't want to give away the ending. No, let's not. Let's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell wanted to know what happened to a baby he saved in a in a forest back in 1943. And... Um, how uh, Helen wanted to know more about the fate of her brother. How hard was it to try and get the answers to these questions? It was very hard. We had we, we really wanted the, the documentary has a very investigative element. You know that the, the survivors are telling their stories, and um, we're also trying to find answers to these these sort of mysteries or questions that have haunted them their entire lives. And we had amazing researchers working all over the world: Toronto, Poland, Israel, um, and and we actually for the first time in my 20-something career of making documentaries, 20-something years, um, we actually came up with answers um, for most of the questions that we asked. I mean, it was extraordinary. Um, And and so it's, it's, you know, one of those amazing times when you see um, people discovering things on camera in, in real time and I think in the case of, well, definitely in the case of Maxwell and Helen, and, and I think for Rose, there was some um, sort of resolution to some of the questions they've been asking for, for, for seven decades. It's a pretty crazy um, just to get your head around all this and try and go back that far. I, when I look at the news today, I, I'd be curious to know, Rose, how you feel when you see news clips of things that are happening in the United States and you see, you know, guys walking around with Nazi insignias on their arm and how angry that must make you. Very disturbing. Very. I remember I had this, my stomach turns when I see those. Mm-hmm. The same time in 1939 when the war broke out. At the same time, when I lost my parents, there was this pain in my stomach. And when I see those things, that same pain comes. And when everything's starting, before you really know what's happening, because a lot of people say, oh, it could never happen again. But then, you know, people are drawing lots of parallels with the way the government's acting in the United States Absolutely. versus how the German government was. I mean, at that time, in the, in the mid-30s, did you even think this was possible? Well, it was, I I lived in a home that politics were very vibrant. My mother and my father were talking, but in the 30s, what was happening? I was still a little girl, but I remember listening on to them. Mm -hmm. And when they show the picture on CNN, I'm watching CNN all the time. And I I shouldn't be talking about politics, but Trump, oh my God. Oh my God. Mm. I don't know, I don't hate people, but I have a feeling I'm hating (laughs) Right. <laughs> because, like I said, after he was elected, my daughter phoned me, Mommy, are you still alive? Because she knew I was so petrified of mm-hmm. him being elected. Right. Because the United States is the, is the main country in the world, democratically. And it would be such a shame. But then I'm, I'm not a politician. They should have asked me. I would have told them what to do. Mm-hmm. You have this beautiful granddaughter sitting next to you. Oh, isn't she? Do you do you just feel so blessed now, Rose? Very blessed. She looks a little like my mother. She's my oldest granddaughter. And she has two children. And when she traveled with me in Poland, maybe she'll tell you herself how she <laughs> felt about it. Yeah, it was it was very emotional for Hang me. Hang on, sorry, I'm just gonna move yeah, this a little bit sure. over now. 
It was very emotional for me when I went there um, to be on that road where she escaped and her mother pushed her off the road. Um, just made me kind of look inward at my family and, you know, how I would, how that would feel for me if I ever had to do that and the strength that her mother must have had to be able to do that and the strength that my grandmother had to actually physically leave her mother and her brother behind. Because for most people, this is stuff you see in documentaries and in movies play out. And you're not actually related to the people who are there. And to, you know, be related to someone who's a survivor who has these stories. And uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I was it was very important for me to be there just to, to hear the story and be there with her so that I could continue to pass that on to my, you know, other generations to my my kids and their kids. And I don't ever want this to be forgotten because it's such an important part of really how I survived or not how I survived, but how my grandmother survived and how I came to be. So. Mm-hmm. And how you get through a documentary like this with that. I mean, there must have been a lot of tears, Rebecca, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredibly tough. I mean, I think it was the toughest film I've ever made, but also um, the most uh Significant. I mean, you know, I want so many people to see this film because these stories have to be told and everyone has to listen to Rose's story and hear the names of her family who didn't survive and, and those of the other survivors. And, you know, um, six million Jews died during the Holocaust and mm-hmm. uh, that can never be forgotten. And it's, it's everyone's responsibility to tell the stories. And a million and a half children. Like, you know, there was no discrimination. Absolutely. It's a really compelling documentary that you need to see, and uh, it's not often that we, you know, focus on something so heavy here on the show, but it is important, and uh, you got to check it out, Remembrance Day, 9 p.m. on uh, History, and then you'll have a second chance if you miss that. Just set your PVR mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, either uh, Monday at 9 on History or Saturday on Global at 9 p.m. Thank you so much for coming in, ladies. Thank you for take, bringing us here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. Welcome to the party. It wouldn't be a party without you. Energy 95.3.